Good morning. Hope you're having a fantastic Thursday morning thus far. Welcome to the True Gospel Morning Show with your boy Eddie D right here on TikTok Live. We're with you Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Um, and we are certainly excited to be among you guys on this morning. Hope that you're having a fantastic morning thus far. Um, or if having a fantastic afternoon or having a fantastic evening from wherever you are watching and listening from. Uh, we thank you so much for your viewership. Thank you so much for your time and your attention. Uh, today, we got a jam-packed jam show for you today. Uh, and certainly excited to be among you guys and be able to share uh, wisdom, truth, and knowledge with you all. Uh, feel free to drop down in the comment box with any questions, comments, or concerns that you may have. We just ask that you keep it classy down in the comment section below. Um, and certainly are thankful and excited again just to be among you guys on this morning. Uh, we're going to start off with a word of prayer. And then we're going to jump right into our first topic of this morning. Um, not necessarily coming from a specific piece of scripture. But uh, we're going to let God um, and the Holy Spirit kind of lead us through um, um, the topic for this morning. Heavenly Father, we come before you saying thank you for another less day in your presence. We're thankful, God, that you thought it not robbery to give us this opportunity to join together as brothers and sisters in Christ to uplift one another and encourage one another in the Lord. We're asking, Lord God, that every word that is said on today, every thought that is thought on today, Lord God, let it be none of us and all of you. Uh, Lord God, uh, use the word that we um, share on today, uh, the advice that we share on today lord god let it be edifying to the soul lord uh may it just equip us encourage us um and uplift us uh god to do uh what to do your will and to to enjoy the life that you have given us and to enjoy the christ that you have given us lord god we're so thankful for every blessing that you bestowed upon us we're thankful for every rising for every sun setting lord god we're thankful for uh, just everything that you have done for us, Lord, because we, we recognize that if it had not been for you on our side, we would not be here on this day. We're asking, Lord God, that you just strengthen us on today, um, encourage us on today. Any issues or problems that we find ourselves in, whether it be physical, uh, financial, emotional, mental, um, spiritual, Lord God, that you that you stand on our side, God, and you in, empower us and equip us by the power of the Holy Spirit um, to endure um, whatever issues or problems we may be facing, Lord God. And if it is in your will, let those problems um, go away. Uh, but Lord God, uh, give us the strength to endure uh, whatever it is that we may be going through on this day. Uh, and we thank your son, Jesus Christ, who paved the way for us all by dying and rising again and crediting his righteousness to us that we may be called the sons and daughters of God, uh, not because of anything that we've done, but because of everything that Christ has done. We'll be so careful to give your name, praise, glory, and honor in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Again, hope you guys are having a fantastic day on today. Uh, today, uh, we're, again, not going to start particularly in the scriptures, uh, but we are going to um, be having a conversation that will probably take us into some scriptures because we're already thinking of some places that I want to go to um, as we talk about a life that is designed uh, for discipleship, designing a life for discipleship. Um, I'm reading this book called Atomic Habits by James Clear. Um, matter of fact, um, let me flip the camera around so you guys can actually see the uh, see the the script itself. See if it'll catch it. There we go. I'm reading this book called Atomic Habits by James Clear. 
Um, again, you guys, most if you've been watching the show by now, um, you know that I'm a therapist, and um, and I've been utilizing a lot of the things that this guy says in the book uh, to help my clients um, to be able to learn how to develop healthy habits um, in the types of change and lifestyle that they are looking for. Um, and one of the things, one of the tenets of the book uh, talks about changing the environment that we're in to make it conducive for what we're trying to do. Uh, I'm going to see if I can find an excerpt to read really quickly because I found it very um, good. Um, yep, right here. Um, in the book, he says in on page 158, it is remarkable how little friction is required to prevent unwanted behavior. When I hide beer in the back of the fridge where I can't see it, I drink less. When I delete social media apps from my phone, it can be weeks before I download them again and log in. These tricks are unlikely to curb a true addiction, but for many of us, a little bit of friction can be the difference between sticking with a good habit or sliding into a bad one. Imagine the cumulative impact of making dozens of these changes and living in an environment designed to make the good behaviors easier and the bad behaviors harder. Whether we are approaching behavior change as an individual, a parent, a coach, or a leader, we should ask ourselves the same question. How can we design a world where it's easy to do what's right? Redesign your life so the actions that matter most are the actions that are easiest to do. I'm going to read that again. Redesign your life so the actions that matter most are also the actions that are easiest to do. One of the things about, um, about the book of Atomic Habits that he points out a lot is that we as a people are always going to be doing something habitual. And for many of us, we do whatever is most comfortable for us. Um, and so for a lot of us, when it comes to doing the things that we want to do, those things are so automatic that we don't even think about them. We're just on autopilot for most of, most of the time. We're just doing whatever it is that we're comfortable and accustomed to doing. And so I thought about this yesterday as we were talking about, you know, becoming a disciple of Christ. That, you know, that our tendency is to um, just relegate our faith to whatever it is that the pastor, you know, and the preachers are talking to us once a week. That's about as most most of us. That's about as far as our faith walk goes. Is going to church on Sunday. We might go to Bible study on Wednesday, but beyond that, our faith walk is about that's about as shallow as it is. And again, I say this as a disclaimer: I don't have a heaven or a hell to put anybody in. And if you believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, confess with your mouth that you know that God raised him from the dead, then you are saved. So. Again, I don't have a heaven or hell to put anybody in. And so my plea to all of us as believers is that our faith not be shallow. That we not have such a shallow faith that we don't get to know the depths of the wisdom and the riches and the knowledge of God. That there's so much more that God wants us to know about him. That there's so much more that God would have in store for us to know about his peace, about his love, about his joy, about his 
thanksgiving about his um about his patience his kindness his forgiveness like there's so much more that god wants us to know about him but for many of us we are we're satisfied satisfied immensely with a shallow faith and not having to do any legwork whatsoever when it comes to being a disciple of christ and um and as a result of that our tendency is to not know jesus we, we don't know him. We, we know enough about him, but we don't know him. And so as a result of that, our tendency is for us to not, um, you know, is to not know much about the Lord. We don't, we don't really get to know the depths of the knowledge and the wisdom of God. So for most of us, our tendency when we want to have a developed relationship with the Lord is to say things like, I don't have time. I don't have time to read my Bible. I don't have time to pray. I don't have time to meditate. I don't have time to journal. I don't have time to fellowship. I don't have time to 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 practice any of the things that I've that I've learned as a as a Christian. I don't have time. I don't I got too much to do. I do this, I do that, I do this, I do that, and I just don't have time in the day to actually be more of a disciple of Christ. And so what Atomic Habits talks about, which is what I'm pulling, you know, and, and looking at it through the lens of the gospel, is that we make time for the things we want to do. Now, this isn't a guilt trip thing. This is a habits thing. This is if you really if you want to be a disciple, we have to come to the term. We got to come with come to terms with the fact that we all make time for the things we want to do. We make time for the things we want to do. If we want to binge watch Netflix, we will make the time to watch five hours of TV. If we want to go on social media and scroll through social media, we will make time for scrolling on social media. If we want to listen to Beyonce and Rihanna and Taylor Swift and Nicki Minaj and, um, and, and Cardi B... And all those Drake, hip hop artists, R and B, gospel, you know, um, country artists, we will make time to listen to them. If we want to spend time with our booze, we gonna make time to spend time with our booze. Want to spend time with the kids? We gonna make time to spend time with the kids. We wanna we wanna spend time with our dogs. We gonna make the time to put the leash on the dog and go for a walk with the dog. We make the time for the things we want to do. We want to make time for our jobs. You know, if our jobs call us, that we, we run in. Some of us anyway. Some of us. You know, you know, and, and, and hey, Xavier, listen, we here. We here. I understand. I, I love my lady too. We're we going to make the time, right? We're we going to make the time. And so, you know, whatever it is that we want to do, we are going to make time for it. If we want to play a video game, and we're going to try to beat this boss today. We're going to make the time. And you know some of these video games, the boss level, the boss, it just takes an, it takes an hour just to get to the boss, let alone another hour to actually beat the boss for the first time. We're going to make the time to fight the boss. I, play, I was playing um, um, Horizon Zero Dawn, one of the best video games I've ever played in my life. Like, God bless the people who made Horizon Zero Dawn. Um, played that game, and when it was time to beat the boss, I dedicated two hours I was like, on this weekend, on this day, I'm setting aside two hours to fight this boss. 
to fight this boss, okay? So I'm going to make the time to, to dedicate to fighting this boss today. And again, we make time for the things we want to do. So when we're talking about becoming a disciple of Christ, we have to make time for becoming a disciple of Christ, which means we have to look at what are we spending our time on? Because if you think about it, whatever we're spending our time doing, that thing is discipling us. So if we're spending all of our time on social media, social media is discipling us. If you think about if you think about how, you know, you have some people who they are, they're always thinking about how, you know, beautiful I, I look and how, you know, and I want to be curvy and I want to be fit and I want to do this and I want to do that. A lot of times people are getting those ideas from social media. You know, they want to look like the Instagram models and the Instagram influencers. We talked about fitness influencers yesterday. You know, we're looking at all that and we're saying, I want to look like that. I want to be like that. And we're comparing and measuring ourselves off of what we see on social media. Seems like everybody's giving us the highlight reel of the best days of their life. And we're now thinking to ourselves, I'm not living a good enough life because my life doesn't look like this. We're allowing social media to disciple us into what the good life looks like. You have people who, again, they dedicate their whole lives to studying, you know, academia and trying to figure out, you know, you know, how in the world am I um, going to, um, you know, become the best this or the best that. And so they study all of the all the books and all the knowledge and all the wisdom and watch the tapes to become discipled in their different professions. If you're playing a video game, what do we do? We'll go and look at the books. We'll go and look at the books. And we'll go and look and see, you know, what's going on in, um, and we'll go and look at, we'll go and look at the different, the different, um, the, the, what they call the walkthroughs. How do I get here? How do I do this? How do I go here? How do I make this? How do I make this happen? Where do I go to go get this? Where do I go to go get that? And we'll, we'll study to figure out how to beat this game as, as best as we can. And as a result of that, we are becoming discipled. In that thing, I got some of those maps in Horizon Zero Dawn memorized like the back of my hand. Like I know exactly where to go to go get this and to go get that because I played the game long enough and it's taught me where these things are. So I know a whole lot about the game. I know the characters. I know where they're going, what they did. Da, 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 da. Saying all that to say, we have to allow ourselves to be disciplined in the same way as we in our in our faith. So much so that we are looking to see where am I spending most of my time? What has my time? What has my attention? What has my affections? And how can I either leverage them so that I can become more like Christ or eliminate them so I can be more like Christ? James Clear said it like this, and this is getting back to the point. We have to design our lives in such a way to where discipleship becomes the easy thing to do. Now, I'm not saying that discipline should, should not have its difficult moments. That's not what I'm saying. But what he's saying is that something as simple as reading our Bibles every day, we should make that habit so easy to do that it makes no sense not to do it. So here's my example. I'm going to see if I can turn my camera without it going crazy. Right over there 
That's my treadmill. And so I decided, so I said I wanted to read more. I said I wanted to read more. Every day I get on my treadmill. James Clear says, take a habit that you already do and attach a new habit to the old habit, to the habit you're already doing daily. So what I started doing is because I have a desk there, every day there's a book that sits on my treadmill so that when I'm walking on the treadmill, I'm reading a book. That's what the book tells us to do. That whatever we're already doing, attach the habit that you want to do to the habit you're already doing. Right? Design your life in a way to where doing what you want to do becomes the easy thing to do. I'm already going to get on the treadmill, right? Like that's already a part of my psyche. That's already part of my condition. I feel weird not getting on the treadmill. So since getting on the treadmill every day is something that I do, what can I do while on the treadmill? Because I'm not thinking a whole lot, you know, to get on the treadmill. Like it's, it's just something I do now. So what can I do to then make that a habit? I was walking on a treadmill last week, and when I and I was watching, um, I was watching the show on Apple TV, and as I was watching the show, I was getting super fatigued, and I was like, I don't understand why I'm getting so fatigued. I've never been this fatigued before, and it's only like ten minutes on the treadmill. What's going on? And I re- and my mind was telling me we're not reading something right now. So this I, I feel like I'm having to expend more energy because I'm not reading something right now. And I was like, dude, my body's now conditioned to read something while I'm on the treadmill because I've developed a habit of reading while on the treadmill. So now if I do anything else on the treadmill, apparently, it's going to fatigue me more because my mind is having to do something that it's not conditioned to do. That's how we do what's called habit stacking. We take what we're already doing and apply something new to what we're already doing so that it becomes the easier thing to do. So, let's talk about reading our Bibles. What are you already doing every day without fail? Because there's something you do every day without fail. You wake up every morning without fail. Hopefully, you brush your teeth every morning without fail. Don't be out there... No stink breath, you know. Hope you eat something. You know, at some point you're going to eat, whether it be breakfast, brunch, lunch, snack, dinner, after dinner. You're gonna eat at some point. All of us, you know, all of us grown folk. I, you know, we we gotta go to work. You know, in some way, shape, or form, whether we work from home, whether we, you know, you know, crunching numbers, whatever it is that we're doing. But all of us, we do something every day without fail. So while you're doing something without fail, how can you apply doing something as simple as cracking open the Bible? And nowadays, you don't have to just crack it open physically. You got it on the phone. It can talk to you now. You can read. You can have the Bible read to you. You ain't got to read it. It can read to you now. So where in that span of time, in, in the things that you're already doing, can you apply reading the Bible 
in your car, you you gonna listen to something, right? Because again, we all got our favorite playlist. Come on, don't 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 play with it. All of us, you know, got a little bit of Nikki in there somewhere. You know, if we ain't, if we, you know, some of us, we gonna listen to even with some of us even even listen to you know some um uh dog some um Cody Carnes or you know some Jeremy Camp. You know, we gonna we gonna be li- we listening to something. So while we're in the car. Why not listen to a podcast that's talking about the goodness of Jesus and all he's done for us? Why not listen to the True Gospel Morning Show, which is with you live Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, and available on Spotify and on Apple Podcasts. I'm going to tell you about that in a minute. Um, but listening to, you know, something of substance that can, get, that can motivate us and, and, and encourage us throughout the day. You know, again, because you got to go to work. You got to drive to work. You got to walk to work. And there's already, the earphones are already in your ears. The, the radio is already blaring. Like, it, that's something that's automatically done every day. So apply something to what you're already doing that enhances your life of discipleship. Say, we don't have time to read. We don't, I mean, we don't have time to meditate. While you're in your car, turn the radio off and just think on the goodness of Jesus, or meditate on something of scripture that was read, or, you know, spend just five minutes while driving in the car, because most of us, we, we get to work and come home on autopilot, sometimes wondering, like, shoot, I don't even remember when I got in the car, I just, all I just know is I just came home, I, I mean, I'm here, using that time to do what you want to do, what you're trying to become, that becomes the automatic thing for you. You know, when you're wanting to binge watch five hours of something on Netflix, after hour one, taking a five-minute break, just five minutes, you know, and thinking about something or doing something different or, you know, praying to the the Lord or something, meditating on something, whipping out, you know, something. But again, you know, taking that time, to figure out, to take taking that time to figure out what it is, you know, whatever it is that you want to begin doing for the cause of Christ, doing for the glory of God. Because again, at the end of the day, if you say that you want to be more like Jesus, if you say that we're wanting to be molded and shaped into the image of our to of our Savior from one degree of glory to the next, then we are saying to God that we want to grow deeper in Him. The thing about intimacy is that we have to make time for the for the for the one that we we say we care about. I tell y'all this all the time. It makes no sense to be married to my wife if I'm not going to get to know her every day. If I'm not going to, you know, know her like the back of my hand. If I'm not going to know her likes, know her dislikes, know what makes her happy, what makes her sad. Know where her, your, her, where her, you know, pain points are. Know where her pressure points are, you know, and nurture her in such a way to where she knows that she's loved, knows that she, that she cares, you know, commune with her, you know, regularly, talking with her, spending time with her, you know, going out on dates with her, spending some, you know, quality time, you know what I'm saying, with her. Like, if I'm not doing those things, then where, where is my love? I can say it all day and thank God that I can confess it because some people don't confess it at all. But again, confession is not enough if you're not making the time 
to spend, if you're not making, you're not taking the time to spend with, if I'm not making the time to spend with my wife. In that same way, God tells us, make the time to get to know him. Make the time to study the scriptures. Make the time to talk with him from one day to the next. Make the time to meditate on his word, to understand and unpack how the gospel relates to what we read. You know, take the time to listen to, you know, to podcasts and to listen to pastors and to listen to teachers and to um, fellowship with our fellow brothers and sisters as we grow in the knowledge and the wisdom and the love and the grace and the fellowship of God. We got to make that time because, again, we make time for the things we want. We, we, we do. And again, Christians are no different. Like I said, you know, I'm pointing to myself. I make the time for video game now. I will make the time for video game. I'll make the time to watch football. I'll make the time to watch basketball. I'll make the time to, you know, hang out with the family. I'll make the time to go on trips. Like, I'll make the time. So if, if I can make the time to do those things and I say that I love Jesus... Again, I'm just talking to the believers. If I say that I love Jesus, then how am I making the time to develop my relationship with him? How am I making the time to be a disciple of Jesus Christ? Jesus said it like this. If we are not willing to forsake mother, father, sister, brother, our own lives for him, then we can't be his disciple. He's not saying that we got to like, you know, push everybody away and just follow him. But he's saying that nothing, the more, if we have the heart of God beating inside of us, he's transplanted the heart of stone and given us a heart of flesh. And the Holy Spirit is living inside of us. Our affections and our attention should be growing in him where he's becoming, where he is and is becoming the uppermost of our affections. Where we are saying, I love Jesus so much that just as Paul says, I count it all as loss. As a matter of fact, I'm going to let Paul speak for himself. He says, I count it all as loss compared to the surpassing worth of knowing Jesus our Lord. In Philippians chapter 3, he says, I myself have reason for confidence in the flesh also. Uh, starting at verse number 4. If anyone else thinks he has reason for confidence in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews. As to the law, a Pharisee. As to zeal, a persecutor of the church. As to righteousness under the law, blameless. But whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes from faith, <clears throat> that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and may share his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, that by any means possible, I may attain the resurrection from the dead. So God is saying to us, when we get to know Jesus, good morning, Yvette, when we say this, when we say that we love Jesus and we say that he's become the greatest thing that's ever happened to us, we are saying, I count everything that I have, everything that I've gained as lost compared to knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. What, so how do we compare that in, 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 in layman's terms? He's saying, 
that even if I am the greatest mathematician in the world and I have all the knowledge in the world of the of mathematics and know how to you know see this and do this and do that and whatnot knowing Jesus is better than that if I have the greatest spouse and the greatest kids that that could that could ever walk the earth knowing Jesus is greater than having the greatest wife and the greatest and the greatest kids ever that if I, you know, have amassed all this wealth and I have, you know, access to any and everything that, 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 that at my fingertips, knowing Jesus is better than having all the wealth in the world. That is the type of love that God places inside of us. And as a result of that, nothing in this world can compare to the, to the surpassing worth of knowing Jesus. Because only through knowing Jesus can we then recognize and appreciate and value any and everything that he gives us. Because in that, he allows us to see and to know and to, and to really understand the depths of the blessings and the graciousness that he has given us. If we're not believers, our worship... Our worship terminates on the things. So much so that if the things ever fall off or fall apart or the, the wife and the kids, for some reason, they start acting a little funny, the economy falls apart and our, our dollars, what they feel like we were making a million and now come makes only thousands instead, anytime those things start to fall apart, our lives fall apart. Because our, our happiness and our joy and our contentment was resting on these things. Resting on my wife loving me every single day. So she is so if she ever hates me, oh my god, my world's come to an end. If my money ever falls short and the economy starts to fall apart and I can't pay my bills, oh no, my life is starting to fall apart. But if we have Jesus, then no matter whether we're up or whether we're down, whether we're good or whether we're bad, it says again in, in Philippians chapter four, I know how to be content because I got Jesus. And knowing him, loving him, delighting in him, having him, possessing him is greater than anything in this world that is transient. Because we may be we may be on the top today, but as he says in um, says in the dark night, you either die a hero or you live long enough to see yourself become the villain. So some days we're on the mountaintop, but there are a lot of days where we're in the valley too. And whenever wherever we may find ourselves, if we have Jesus, we can overcome it all. We can, we can deal with it all. We can have it all. And as a result of that, God allows us to be able to live in a space where we are able to delight in him, to be in him, to be at, to be at peace with him, to care for him. And in caring for him as he cares for us, we are able to grow in our knowledge and grow in our wisdom and grow in our love and faith and, and our dedication to him. And so he tells us in the and so he tells us that we have to become a disciple to love to love like he loves, to care like he cares, to fight like he fights. And the only way to do that is we have to create a space that is conducive to discipleship. So like I said and like I showed y'all earlier, you know, have my treadmill if I'm walking on my treadmill every day, that's an automatic thing that I do every day. Then while I'm on my treadmill, why can't I read my Bible for five minutes on the treadmill? We don't have to devour whole 
texts, even though, you know, if you can do that, you, you'd bomb.com if you can. But for five minutes, while on the treadmill, crack open the Bible. Read something. God didn't say you have to read from Genesis Revelation in, 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 um, in 66 book order. But just crack it open and read something. Anything. So that the word can be hid in our hearts. Hid in our hearts. You know, he says, you know, talk to me. So our prayer, what did we talk about the other day? Prayer is just, in the simplest form, is communication between us and God. That's all that prayer is. Communication between us and God. Us having a conversation with the Lord. So can you spend five minutes talking to Jesus? Spend five minutes just thanking him for something or talking to him about something. Again, we don't have to go to him and be like, oh, Holy Father, full of mercy, grace, and truth. Like, we don't have to pray like that. We can pray just like you're talking to me. Just like we're talking to each other. Hey, God, man, listen, life is life is lifing right now. Um, um, life is kind of lifing. And our, um, might need some help. Uh, <laughs> can you holler at your boy? Or, God, you know, thank you so much for allowing this thing to happen in my life, man. I know it's, it's, life, is, life has been tough, but I'm thankful for what you've given me. Or, God, God, is so, God, you are so good. Life has been good, and I'm just grateful and so happy and thankful. And thanks be to God, you know. And so, again, you know, that's how we, where can we make the time? Because, again, our lives are set up to where we do, our lives are always going to be set up to do whatever it is that we want to do. Period. Point blank. One of the reasons why I read while I'm on the treadmill is because, you know, the way that my ADHD brain works, if I start reading for too long, I'm going to go to sleep. Give me a good, give me a book. It don't matter what it is. Ten minutes in, I'm passed out. That's how my little ADHD brain works. But if I'm on that treadmill or if I'm walking or if I'm in a crowded area or whatever and I'm reading something, I'm wide awake. So I learned Make sure I'm in a spot where I'm not going to fall asleep so I can read what I want to read. And so in that same frame, God is just saying to us, man, you know, make time for me. Make time for me. You know, again, going back to prayer, you know, just as Michigan man is saying, like, look, prayer's not that hard. Like, we think we got to go through the Lord's prayer to get a prayer through God. Half your people that were praying to God never started with our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. They went, they got straight to the point. Jesus, help. You are a constant help in a time of trouble. Help your boy. <laughs> you know, they weren't, they didn't, you get, we, we get so caught up in the King James version of things where we're like, God, thou art so great and how great thou art. Like, no, we don't talk like that. They talked like that back in 1611, but we don't talk like that. And the people in the Hebrew days did not talk like the people did in 1611. And so, Talk to God just like because he knows your thoughts. He knows your he knows your he knows your emotions and he know you ain't talking in King James when you need help. So in times of goodness, yes, Jesus, thank you. Jesus, I appreciate you. Thank you so much for coming through for your boy. You know, God, I need help right now. Life is life and, and I don't like it and I need your help. I need help figuring this thing out. You know, I, 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 I'm, they hurt my feelings. I don't understand why they, you know, why they, why they acting me that, why they acting like this toward me. I don't know why they acting this way toward me. But you know, I, I trust in you. I got you. You know, you're, you, I, I know that you got me in the palm of your hand. So you know, I'm just asking, keep me covered, keep me covered, keep, keep me covered, keep me covered under your blood. 
But again, I'm saying all that to say, we got to create a design. We got to design a life that's conducive to being a disciple of Christ. So what things do we need to, you know, curb in order to be more like Christ? Again, like I said, if you're going to binge five hours of Netflix, instead of binging five, how about binge four and a half and take that 30 minutes and do something that's conducive to being a disciple of Christ. You're already going to watch Netflix anyway. So why not attach something you want to do as part of your discipleship with something you're already doing anyway? You're going to scroll on your phone. You're going to watch TikTok. Half y'all on here for that reason. You're going to watch TikTok. That's automatic. So if, if while you're on your phone, mindlessly scrolling, consciously read the bible or consciously listen to a podcast for 10 minutes for, for not even 10 five minutes just to get something in your soul you know because again you're going to be on your phone anyway so why not make your work your phone to your advantage tell people this all the time you know how can we how can we you know help us how can we help you know to figure out how to be more like jesus how can we use the technology that we have to our advantage? How can we, you know, utilize the things that God has given us to be able to become more like Christ? How? How can we do that? Because at the end of the day, you know, our relationship with God is only going to be as deep as we, as we make it. Again, the difference between salvation and sanctification is that salvation is free and anybody can be saved anybody can be saved if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is the son of God and God raised him from the dead heart thing that's the thing God's got to do that's that heart work that's why I tell y'all again I'll say it again you ain't got a heaven or a hell to put anybody in that's all God's work if you confess with your mouth and believe with your heart that Jesus Christ is the son of God and God raised him from the dead you are saved. That that's that's the God. That's the that's a that's the gospel is so simple. Jesus Christ is the Son of God, and God raised him from the dead. Now, there's a whole bunch of stuff that's packed in that little sentence. But that's the gospel, and if you believe it, you are saved. And again, that's a heart thing. That's not a that's not a that's not a you know I, I, we fruit inspectors, but we ain't we ain't we don't know the seeds, right? And so. That is salvation. And you got a lot of people who got a shallow faith because that's all they relegate their faith to. Get into heaven to be with the Lord. And, they, and they're satisfied with that. And so again, if we say that we want to be believers in God and we, that we're disciples of Christ, we should desire a deeper relationship with him. But having a deeper relationship with him does not require that you become a monk. Our lives are busy. I mean, and, and we, life is designed to be busy in America. Our lives are busy. So it seems like we're on 24-7. It's like we, 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 some of us, we want our faith like we want them, like we have a microwave. We want it right now. We want deep faith right now. God is saying, nah, bro, you got to, you got to dig. You got to take it back old school. You got to spend some time with the Lord. You got to. You got to dig into this stuff. It's not hard. I tell people this all the time. 
knowing Jesus is not rocket science. It's it's really not. The whole when I when I tell you, let me go to going back to Romans chapter one because you know, going back to Romans chapter one. Romans 1 19 what can be known about God is plain to them because God has shown it to them for his invisible attributes namely his eternal power and divine nature have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in everything that has been made so they are without excuse then when you go to um, 1 Corinthians chapter 2 verse 6 among the mature, we do impart wisdom, although it is not a wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age who are doomed to pass away. But we impart a secret and hidden wisdom of God, which decreed before the ages, which God decreed before the ages for our glory. None of the rulers of this age understood this, for if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, what no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor the heart of man imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. These things God has revealed to us through the Spirit. For the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except the spirit of that person which is in him? So also no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. Now we have not re that we've re that we've received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we might understand the things freely given us by God. And we impart this in words taught not by human wisdom, but taught by the Spirit, interpreting spiritual truths to those who are spiritual. <clears throat> So when we go to Matthew 7, 7, I think this is where it is. Give me one second. I wanna, I'm going to make sure because I don't want to. Nope, that's not where it's at. Um, hold on. That's not where it's at. Give me one second. Luke 11. That's where it's at. Luke 11. Do, do, do. Luke 11. <clears throat> Here we go. Here we go. All right. Um, Luke chapter 11, verse number five. He said to them, which of you who has a friend will go to him at midnight and say to him, friend, lend me three loaves for a friend of mine has arrived on a journey and I have nothing to set before him. And he will answer from within. Do not bother me. The door is now shut and my children are in bed with me. I cannot get up and give you anything. I tell you, though he will not get up and give him anything because he is his friend, yet because of his impu impudence, he will rise and give him whatever he needs. And I tell you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. 
Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks it will be opened. What father among you, if his son asks for a fish, will instead of a fish give him a serpent? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask of him? When I tell you what God's wisdom is so plain and he is freely giving it to anyone who believes, like it don't take rocket science to know the Lord. It doesn't take rocket science to know Jesus. It really doesn't. We don't have to become missionaries or become monks or become pastors or deacons or bishops in order to know the depths of Jesus. You don't have to become a scholar. You don't have to go to seminary school. You don't have to get a, a doctorate in, in theological study in order to know Jesus. You got people that live on the streets that have a deeper relationship with the Lord with half of your pastors in America. Can we call a spade a spade? Half of our pastors today only know five scriptures. And those five scriptures are talking more about get your money, you know, name it and claim it, you know, you know, your, your blessings one prayer away. You got people on the street corners that know Jesus better. People that, li that are living homeless right now that have a deeper relationship with the Lord than half your people that go to church. Do you, and do you know why? Because the spirit... The Spirit has freely given them the depths of the secrets of the wisdom of the knowledge of God because they asked for it. Because they asked. So we, why are we not disciples of Christ the way that we ought to be? Because for some of us, we don't ask. We've never asked. Just ask Him. Because He said, I am freely, freely pouring my Spirit. Under my sons and daughters. If you want it, ask. Because again, it's not rocket science. It's not hard. It's not difficult. All we got to do is ask. God, can I give me more. G give me more of your love. Give me more of your wisdom. Give me more of your knowledge. Give me more of your patience. Give me more of your kindness. Give me more of the fruit of the Spirit. God, activate those things inside of me. They're already there, but I need you to activate those things in me. You know, and for and so for a lot of us, we simply aren't asking. Now, it doesn't mean that it won't come with some stipulations, you know, because sometimes if we want patience, God's going to put us in a situation that requires us to show some patience, kind of like the Wizard of Oz. Like you want you want some brains. I got to put you in a situation to show you that the brains have always been there. Like I, they've always been there. You just never use them. And but God, again, is so gracious and so kind to us that he said, I will lavishly, lavishly pour these things out to you. So if you want to become a disciple of Jesus Christ, it ain't hard. It's not difficult. The question you have to ask yourself is, how bad do you want it? And what are you willing to do to create a pattern, create a habit of following Jesus more? Again, five minutes in the Bible is worth more than sitting around doing nothing. Meditating on God and the word that he get that he get that he sends you in today. Infinite possibilities.
off of just one word. Talking to Jesus, our prayers, talking to Jesus, communicating with Jesus does what can do wonders for the soul. Like we said the other day, doesn't mean that we still won't be sad. Doesn't mean that we won't be hurt. Doesn't mean that we won't be busted, that it still that it still won't be a pain point for us. But we get to talk to Jesus. We get to talk to God. We get to have a conversation with the Lord and trust that he is faithful and just to answer our prayers according to his purpose. Not our purpose, but his purpose. So if a door is closed and he meant for that door to shut, it ain't, it ain't no guarantee he's going to open that door back up. But that's okay. Because not my will, but thine be done. Jesus already laid the blueprint for us when he was going to the cross. He was like, Jesus, if it be your will, God, if it be your will, let this go pass for me. Nevertheless, not mine, but your will be done. So talk to him. Tell him how you feel. Psalm 88. I told y'all, showed y'all, you know what? I'm going to just do a drive-by. Let Psalm 88 speak for itself. Told y'all, half these psalms, if you really go and dig into the psalms instead of going to Psalm 23, the one, the one that everybody know, if you really dig into these psalms, half your psalms are depressing as crap. Because these boys were being real with God about where they were and what was going on in their lives. And this Psalm 88 does not end on a happy note. It ends on a very, very terrible note. That's in the song, in the sentence. Like, there's no happiness in here. Not the only thing that's happy is the fact that he said, Oh, Lord, God of my salvation. And after that, it's, it's pure sadness for the rest, of the, the rest of the way. If we look at the end of Psalm 88, 13 through 18, say this. I, O oh Lord, cry to you in the morning. My prayer comes before you. O oh Lord, why do you cast my soul away? Why do you hide your face from me? Afflicted and close to death from my youth, I suffer your terrors. I am helpless. Your wrath has swept over me. Your dreadful assaults destroy me. They surround me like a flood all day long. They close in on me together. You have caused my beloved and my friend to shun me. My companions have become darkness. Bruh. That's it. That's it. And that's the end of the psalm. So God said, talk to me. Talk to me. So again, I'm saying all that to say, as I get ready to wrap, I'm saying all that to say, our relationship with God and our discipleship, we have to design a life that's conducive to discipleship. What things are in the way of you developing a deeper relationship with him? What habits are you already doing now that you are going to do every day from now till the day you pass on to glory? What, what, what are you already doing? And what can you attach to what you're already doing so that the habits that you're trying to develop can be easy and accessible? Like I said before, you're already driving to work every day if you drive to work every day. So you're going to have the radio on. You're going to have the radio. The radio's going to be on. So why not listen to something while you're in your car that is conducive to your soul, to your soul's edification? 
It doesn't have to be the whole ride, five minutes. You're already riding to, to work or riding to the store or whatever. Why not during that time, that be your meditation time? Turn the thing, turn the radio off and just allow your thoughts to go where they go to the glory of God. Why not let that be the time that you talk to him? You're already on your phone. Scrolling, 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 scrolling. Why not take five minutes out that time? Whether, whether it be before you start scrolling mindlessly on Facebook and Instagram and TikTok and all that, or afterward, and start and, and scroll some scripture, scroll some texts, you know, scroll a devotional, something, you know, you're already on your phone anyway, scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. If you're on your laptop, you, you if you're on your laptop, you know, right before you start watching, binge watching Netflix. Why not binge watch a video on biblical literacy, Bible construction, something, you know, five minutes and then go and watch your favorite show. You know, you're already doing these things. You got to You wake up every morning. That's automatic. You wake up every morning by the grace of God. You wake up every morning. Just like um, user Ambo says, start talking to God, even if it's just a thank you. Start somewhere. Thank you, God. And now we move. Now we start our day. You know, it, it's not. It, it ain't got it. We again. We 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 try to relegate having a deep relationship with God as if we got to do all these big time five hour long things. We got to pray for five hours, read our Bibles for seven hours, and become monks. Nah, bro. Jesus wants. Jesus wants your heart. If he, if he's got your heart, it will. It'll grow. It'll manifest. Again, sometimes a thank you, Jesus, is the one thing that can start your day off on a whole different note compared to thinking about all the cares of this world. And so God is saying, and so God is saying to us, five minutes, man. You're already doing something every single day. I appreciate you, ghost. You're already doing something. Every single day. And as a disclaimer before um, before I continue, if you miss any part of this show, you can always go to Spotify and Apple Podcast and find this show, any part that you miss. But um, again, five minutes. It's all God. And God ain't even asking for five minutes. Heck, give him 30 seconds. This Again, it's a heart thing. It's a heart thing. God wants your heart. Where's your heart? You give him a minute, God can expand it to five. You see what I'm saying? Like, the God of the great, the great multiplier, he can take that one minute and give you infinity. <laughs> and, 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 and just as user Ambo is saying, he can hear us even though we don't speak out loud. Listen, sometimes we don't even know what to pray, and the Holy Spirit is praying on our behalf. That's how good God is. Like, I don't even know what to say right now. Holy Spirit like, I got it. I got it. You you sit tight. I got it. I got this. That's how that's how tight God is with with the Holy Spirit, and how tight the Holy Spirit is with us. Hey, we 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 don't even know what to pray. The Holy Spirit makes intercession for us. So again, God is saying, "Give me your heart. I can take the minute and turn it into something. The faith the size of a mustard seed. I can turn that thing into a tree. If you if you give it to me, be my disciple." God is looking for faithful believers. 
Again, like I said, I ain't knocking nobody for having a shallow faith. If you want to have a shallow faith in the Lord, hey, do your thing, homie. Do your thing. I ain't, I ain't, I ain't tripping. I've been there. I was satisfied with where I was. God placed a hunger inside of me that said, nah, bro, this, this, this can't be it. This, this, this can't be what I'm sacrificing, you know, for. Like, my, this, 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 this can't be. It's got to be more to this. And Jesus was like, of course there is. Crack open the Bible and find out. Buy a book and find out. Buy a book and find out. You know, talk to your brothers and sisters and find out. Pray and find out. There's so much more for us in, that's in store for us as the believers in God. But, and it doesn't take rocket science. It doesn't take us becoming monks in order to have a deeper relationship with the Lord. We simply have to give an honest, heart-led effort. God knows the heart. And again, if you look out in the landscape of your life and see the things that you're already doing, Things you're already doing. I'm not talking about trying to add new things to your life. The things you're already doing that are automatic for you. God is giving us the blueprint by virtue of a man named James Clear that says, look at what you're already doing and design your life in such a way to where the thing you want to do becomes the easy thing to do. So if you're already scrolling on your phone, scroll on some Jesus for two minutes. If you're already listening to Nicki Minaj and, and, and Lotto and, 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 and all these other people, you got them things in your ears right now, go listen to a podcast. Go listen to some scripture. Listen to a prayer. Do, so you are, you're already conducive. It's already there. You already got them in your ears. You already got them covering your ears, right? They're already there. So why not fill those headphones with something for five minutes? For five minutes, you're watching the football game. There's a long moments during those football games. TV timeouts. Two minutes. They got a 30-second timeout. Take a 30-second timeout to go talk to Jesus. Even if it's just to say, God, please make these people win this football game. <laughs> you know? But talk to Jesus. Talk to him. Talk to him while you're playing your video game rather than, you know, listening to, you know, the, the heavy metal rock or rap or whatever. Put on some Jesus. Beat the, beat the boss with Jesus on your mind. <laughs> Y'all think I'm playing, but I'm so sincere. All that stuff makes a difference. All that stuff makes a difference. Here, I'm here beating the, beating the boss to Jer Jeremy Kemp's. The story's not over yet. You've written every word. Can't wait to see where you go with my life. <laughs> you know, we gotta, we, we, we can, can make our lives conducive to getting to know Jesus and developing a deeper relationship with him. Our lives, we're busy, sure, but we're never too busy where we can't spend a little bit of time with the Lord. Because God can do a, with a little, very much. But we gotta be willing to set our lives up to be conducive to who God is and conducive to being a disciple of him. And I promise you, the deeper you develop your relationship with the Lord in just those little simple ways, the more your heart will hunger and thirst for righteousness. Because God promised for those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, 
they shall be filled. The bread of life, if we eat of it, we never go hungry again. It ain't talking about we eat one time. It's saying I'm in endless supply. Come holler at me. You hungry? Come get some more. You hungry? Come get some more. The living water that never that never runs dry. He's saying, in the supply, I'm a spring. I'm always here. I'm always available. And I'm springing up inside of you. And so again, endless supply. And the more that we dive into who God is and what he's done and what he's accomplished for us, the more our hearts will hunger and thirst for it. And then when we know what's quenching that thirst and we know what, what's feeding our souls, we're going to run back to it because nothing else will satisfy it. Nothing else will give us what we need and what we want and what our soul longs for. As I said before, as, as it says in Ecclesiastes 3.11, God has put eternity in our hearts. The only thing that can fill eternity is something eternal. And by the grace of God, by the power of Jesus Christ and his finished work on the cross, we can have eternity. We can have the eternal one filling our hearts every single day so that regardless of what's happening in our lives, whether we have a little, whether we have a lot, we can be content, deeply contented because of the God that we serve that's living inside of every last one of us. You're watching the True Gospel Morning Show with your boy Eddie D right here on TikTok Live. We're with you Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, thank you guys for the 2,200 likes that we've received thus far. Thank you for the gifts that we've also received as well. As a disclaimer, re recognize I don't take any money from anybody. You know, I'm, I got my own job, make my own money, pay my own bills. So I'm not looking to y'all to become, you know, my, my, in, my, I'm not trying to be here, be an influencer to try to get y'all's money out of y'all. So I thank y'all for any gift that you do give. All that money goes toward our website and our subscriptions to ensure that we're able to give the word to as many people as, as they want. So feel free to visit our website at any time. We're at the true gospel ministry.org. <coughs> you can find that link on my bio. Um, also, if you miss any part of this message, any part of this uh, show, or any past episodes you want to catch up on, we are available on both Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Ladies and gentlemen, we got on Apple Podcasts yesterday. So freaking happy about that. And so I'm so grateful um, that you guys are now able, if you miss any part of this episode, if you miss any part of what we talked about earlier, we are available every day, all day, 100% free. All you got to do is go on Spotify and Apple Podcasts and um, listen to any part of this of these messages um, that you may have missed. Um, and so, again, we're grateful and thankful uh, that you guys are, you know, supporting the show. Thank you for supporting the ministry. And um, know that, you know, that we're going to be here till you know, God says something different. Um, and just grateful and excited that we're able to share the word of God with you all on today. I'm going to scroll through some of these comments and see what y'all got going on in this box. Um, you know, been trying to um, do a little bit of cleanup work over the past, you know, few, you know, um, minutes just to make sure that we're keeping things classy. I got some messages from y'all yesterday letting it be known that y'all were kind of like worried about what was going on in the, um, in the box. And so I'm um, definitely trying to do a better job of cleaning that up, um, for you guys here in the, um, in the chat box. Um, let's see. 
Um, da, 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 da. Yeah, man, Lucian, I was so happy yesterday. I was mad you had left because right after, because we went into overtime, and when we went into overtime, I went to the Apple thing. I just went in myself because I was waiting for an email. They never sent an email, um, and so um, so I just went in myself, and they they had, they had they had saved it. Like, they, they had done their thing and just waiting for me to hit the publish button. I'm like, y'all could have told her, brother. But anyway, push that button, and I was so freaking excited during overtime. Um, and so I'm glad that you are here today to know that if you again miss anything on um on this show that you can go to Apple Podcasts um now and see uh the True Gospel Morning Show or hear the True Gospel Morning Show in its entirety. Um and so every episode that we've had since the since the show's inception is now available on Apple Podcasts as well as on Spotify. Um All right. Um Bedlamite asked this question, how can the Bible be reliable if we all read it and end up with thousands of denominations? Um, so we talked about this a little bit yesterday, um, right about toward the end of the show. We were talking about denominations and talking about, um, you know, the, 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 that there are many different ways of worship and a lot of... Um, and a lot, a lot of the denominations are all derivatives of other denominations. Like, there's nothing new under the sun at this point. Like, every, every, every denomination that you see is a derivative of another denomination. They're going to claim that they're original. They're not. And every derivative of every denomination that we now have is a derivative of the Catholic Church. And the Catholic Church is a derivative of something else. Like, everything, something begets something else. Um, and so... Um, you know, basically what it boils down to is a method of worship. Um, and some people have taken it too far um, to make it rules for, you know, being a Christian. Um, in terms of if you're not with this denomination, then you're not serving the true and living God. Um, every person, again, according to, the te according to the script, according to Jesus himself, says, if you believe in Jesus Christ... And believe that he is the son of God and that God raised him from the dead, you are saved. That makes all of it. That makes every person who believes that with their hearts, again, this is heart transformation, everybody, that person is saved. Um, and so, um, how we came up with thousands of denominations, people got mad. Let's call, I'm, gonna call, I'm calling it out today. I'm calling it out today. People got mad because they wanted to worship God a certain way. Somebody told them no. And so they said, you know what? We're going to start our own church. And we're going to do it the way we want to do it. And then at some point, somebody in that church got mad and said, you know what? I want to worship God this way. So we're going to start a church. And we're going to worship God this way. And that's basically how most of our denominations were birthed. Somebody got upset. They wanted to worship God a certain way. They were told, no, we ain't going to do it that way because we've been doing it this way forever. And so they said, you know what, I'm going to start my own church, start my own denomination. And so that's how you got Baptist, Anabaptist, Primitive Baptist, New Baptist, um, you know, uh, Baptist, Methodist, 
you know, all these different derivatives and African-American Episcopalian, African Methodist Episcopalian, the Methodists, you know, New Methodist, Old Methodist, Primitive Methodist. You know, there's so many different permutations of almost a, literally the same thing. And, um, and, and what, and again, the part that, that frustrates, um, uh, that frustrates people who are now, you know, not putting up with that stuff no more is that they act as if their way is the way. A lot, well, some people, I'm going to say some people, let me not say they, some people act as if their way is the way. Jesus said, I am the way, not your denomination. So, again, if people really look at what a denomination is, it's simply a method of worship. It's a methodology. It's not the end-all, be-all. You don't have to be a Baptist to be a believer in Jesus. I don't have a claim to a denomination. Like, I, I do like loud noises and I do like, you know, some good music and things. So, you know, that's the preference that I have when it comes to, you know, worship. But I also prefer a gospel-centered preacher who's actually preaching an unadulterated gospel. And so if I had to choose what church to go to, I'm more likely going to choose the church where the pastor is actually preaching some sense and not preaching about trying to get dollars. Um, but you give me a good, like, I always say I wish that I could, I wish in Valdosta I could find the combination of these two things. Give me a good, solid brother, and I ain't talking about skin color brother, I'm talking about brother in Christ who is preaching some dynamite gospel. I'm talking about downtown gospel of Jesus Christ, right? Downtown word of God. Downtown, like downtown. I'm talking about he th throw, throwing throwing hail marys and hitting touchdowns every time in the gospel. And give me some really good goosebump producing singles. Talking about some singles who can who sing. I mean, I'm talking about just 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 make just make you just want to just pass out every time. You get, I can find a marriage between those two. Oh, you know, that's, that's my, but that's a preference. That's a preference. That's not a prerequisite. Here, so here, oh, God, that was good. Hear me. That's a preference, not a prerequisite. It's a preference. I prefer some dynamite gospel-centered preaching. In teaching and some singing, some singing. I want some singing. Know what I'm saying? Like, give me some singing. I want some singing. Give me some singing. That's 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 what I that's what I love, you know. But again, that's a preference. Because if I have to choose between one or the other, give me the gospel. Give me the gospel. You got a lot of good singles in some toxic churches. Toxic for the soul. They're not preaching the gospel. They're not. They're preaching gospel plus. They believe in Jesus, no doubt about it, but their faith is shallow. And belief in Jesus is simply, let's get you into heaven, and now while we're waiting on heaven, we're going to get you rich. Like, nah, that's not, that's not conducive for the soul. You see what I'm saying? And so, again, but the, them, them singles... Them things look the same. But again, that's that's preference. 
And that's all denominations are. At the end of the day, that's all denominations are. They are preferences. They are cultural things. This is the way that we are brought up. You, again, you know, if you go to a church in a village in Africa, nine times out of ten, that church is going to look remarkably, going to look markedly different than the, the churches here in America. They're going to look markedly different than the churches in in um in South America, in in, in Brazil, in Chile, in Argentina. They're not going to look the same. If you go to Europe, they're not going to look the same. If you go to Russia, they're not going to look the same. You, look the, you go to China, you know, they're not going to look the same. Go to Australia, they're not going to look the same. Go to India, they're not going to look the same. You know, different cultural practices, they, they, they teach different methods of worship. Methods of worship. It doesn't mean that their method is the way. It's just a way. It's not the way. Jesus is the way Jesus is the way to God and so again you know the reason why we have thousands of different denominations is more likely somebody got mad at somebody and said I'm going to start my own church and just do my own thing and God God, God I mean God's going to get the glory you know going to get the glory somehow and a lot of great churches were birthed out of that type of for, out of that type of frustration but, you know, we as the believers in God, we have to remember that God is, you know, to be, is God is a spirit. And he must be worshipped in spirit and in truth. And so if you're, again, like I said yesterday, if you put the denomination over Jesus, then you're not worshipping Jesus. And there may come a day in time, and I'm a living witness to this on more than one occasion where the denomination is going to ask you to do something that is out of line with God, out of line with with, with Christ, out of line with scripture. And you're going to have to ask the question, do I believe in Jesus or do I believe in the denomination? And if you say you stand for Christ, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Because at the end of the day, if you don't stand for Christ, then you're saying that I'm putting something else above you. And God will have no other God before him. Not even the denomination. Because the denomination is a man-made construct of a method of worship to God. That's all the denomination is. It may be built on Christian principles without question. But at the end of the day, the foundation that we stand on as believers in God... It's always Jesus. It's not the denomination. I'm a, I'm, I'm a believer in Christ long before I'm a Baptist, Methodist, Catholic. No, I'm, I'm a believer in Jesus. People ask all the time, you know, what, what, um, what kind of Christian are you or what denomination are you? I'm, I'm, I'm a believer in, in Christ. I follow Jesus. I'm a Christ follower. Like even even nowadays, the word Christian has such a negative connotation to it because of all the crap that, you know, so-called evangelicals, you know, keep push trying to ram down people's throats. Like, no, nah, I'm not. I'm a believer in Jesus. Believer in Jesus. So, again, that's so that again. But that's why that's that's why the denominations exist, because, you know, again, people got mad. 
um, people got mad and said, you know what, mm -mm, that's not that's not how it's gonna work. Matter of fact, um, matter of fact, I'm already here. First Corinthians chapter three. Started at verse one says this. But I, brothers, could not address you as spiritual people, but as people of the flesh, as infants in Christ. I fed you with milk, not solid food, for you were not ready for it. And even now you're not ready for it, for you are still of the flesh. For while there is jealousy and strife among you, are you not of the flesh and behaving only in a human way? For when one says, I follow Paul, and another, I follow Apollos, are you not being merely human? What then is Apollos? What is Paul? Servants through whom you believed, as the Lord assigned to each. I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the growth. So neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything, but only God who gives the growth. And he who plants and he who waters are one, and each will receive his wages according to his labor. For we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field, God's building. And so he tells us, he tells us in the word that we as the believers in God, we have to be ever so careful, ever so mindful that we're not putting one church above the other. It's Jesus who we're following. We're not following the denomination. If you're following the denomination more than you are Jesus Christ, you need to check your heart. You need to check your heart. Because if you are not following our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, if you're not being patterned and molded and shaped into his image from one degree of glory to the next, but you're being molded and shaped into the image of your denomination, you need to check your heart. You need to check your heart. For at the end of the day, God is calling upon us to be disciples of him, not disciples of the denomination. And the denomination is calling you to calling you to do things or be be about things that are not Christ-like. You need to check yourself. You need to check yourself. At the end of the day, we gotta make sure that we are in a position and have a heart's posture to where we follow Christ and nothing else. If we're not following Christ, then check. Just just do a heart check. Just check your pulse. And it's evident. It is evident by the lives that we live, by the way in which we treat one another. Jesus said, oh my gosh. Going back to John. We're going back to John. Going back to John. Going back to John. Where is it? Here we go. John chapter 13, verse 31. When he had gone out, Jesus said, Now is the Son of Man glorified, and God is glorified in him. If God is glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself, 
and glorify him at once. Little children, yet a little while I am with you. You will seek me, and just as I said to the Jews, so now I also say to you, where I am going, you cannot come. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples. If you have love, one for another. So you have to ask yourself the question. Are you sharing the love of Jesus Christ in what you do and what you say? And if the denomination is calling you to hate for whatever reason, are you willing to look them in the face and say, no, you move. Hashtag Captain America. For at the end of the day, that is how they will know that we are his disciples. Not by what denomination we belong to, but by how we show love one to another. So you got to ask yourself the question, am I, am I following Am I following Christ or am I following the denomination? Am I following Jesus or am I following the denomination? Am I following the Godhead, you know, the Holy Trinity, three in one? Not Hova. I'm sorry if I offended anybody. That's not what I was trying to say. But the Holy Trinity, God, Son, Holy Spirit, three in one. Or am I following them or am I following the denomination? We're at the end of the day. We have to be mindful, ever so mindful, that those who worship must worship in spirit and in truth, not in denomination. You're watching the True Gospel Morning Show with your boy Eddie D right here on TikTok Live. We're with you Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. I'm certainly grateful for the 5,200 likes that we have received today. Grateful for every follow, every share every like um thank you for every comment that you have that you have given us thankful for the gifts as well uh, uh wait why no send us a rose appreciate you for the rose i appreciate that so so much in the name of jesus and again every gift that we receive goes straight to the ministry does not go to me at all i don't touch a dime of it it's not mine um it goes straight to the ministry to keep up our subscriptions and to keep up our um our um our websites and uh, we're grateful that we're able to be on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And so if you have missed any part of this show, you can go to Apple Podcasts or Spotify Podcasts right now and find this show, The True Gospel Morning Show, on Apple and on Spotify. Um, so, um, someone in the comment box um, asked the question, to talk about 1 Corinthians 6 3. Paul says in the word, Do you not know that we are to judge angels? How much more then matters pertaining to this life? So let's plug it back into its context and see what's going on here. Starting at chapter, starting at, um, let me see, where do I want to start? Where do I want to start? All right, I'm going to start in chapter 5. 
I'm going to start in chapter 5. It is actually reported that there is sexual immorality among you, and of a kind that is not tolerated even among pagans. For a man has his father's wife, and you are arrogant. Ought you not rather to mourn? Let him who has done this be removed from among you. For though absent in body, I am present in spirit, as if, and as if present, I've already pronounced judgment on the one who did such a thing. When you are assembled in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, and my spirit is present with the power of our Lord Jesus, you are to deliver this man to Satan for the destruction of the flesh, so that his spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord. Your boasting is not good. Do you not know that a little, little leaven leavens the whole lump? Cleanse out the old leaven that you may be a new lump. As you, as you really are unleavened. For Christ, our Passover lamb, has been sacrificed. Let us therefore celebrate the festival, not with the old leaven, the leaven of malice and evil, but with the unleavened bread of, of sincerity and truth. I wrote to you in my letter not to associate with sexually immoral people, not at all meaning the sexually immoral of this world, or the greedy and swindlers or idolaters, um, since then you would need to go out of the world. But now I'm writing to you to not associate with anyone who bears the name of brother if he is guilty of sexual immorality or greed or is an idolater, reviler, drunkard, or swindler. Not even to eat with such a one. For what have I to do with judging outsiders? It is, not those, is it not those inside the church whom you are to judge? God judges those outside. Purge the evil person from among you. When one of you, and I'm in chapter 6 now, when one of you has a grievance against another, does he dare <clears throat> to go to uh, law before the unrighteous instead of the saints? Or do you not know that the saints will judge the world? And if the world is to be judged by you, are you incompetent to try trivial cases? Do you not know that we are to judge angels? How much more then matters pertaining to this life? So if you have such cases, why do you lay them before those who have no standing in the church? I say this to your shame. Can it be that there is no one among you wise enough to settle a dispute between the brothers? But brother goes to the law against brother? And that before, and that before unbelievers? To have lawsuits at all with one another is, an already, is already a defeat for you. Why not rather suffer wrong? Why not rather be defrauded, but you yourselves wrong and defraud, even your own brothers? Or do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who practice homosexuality, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you, but you were washed, you were sanctified, you are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of God. So, what this is saying to us here is that there is a revelation from the Lord that Paul received, um, that Paul received regarding how we in the life to come will be, um, you know, judging angels. Now, I don't know enough on the subject matter to go there. But if you really sit and think about it in its context, that isn't the point of, of, of Paul's message. Paul's not saying that to have a diatribe 
over whether or not we're going to be judging angels or not. So we could, again, sometimes miss the forest for the trees. We can miss the forest for the trees. What we, what we find here is Paul saying to the church, y'all got a whole brother up in here who claims Christ, who is sleeping with his dad's wife. And y'all are celebrating that. Y'all, pagans don't even celebrate that crap. How are y'all celebrating this? You got a whole son sleeping with his dad's wife. And not only are y'all okay with it, but you're celebrating it. What the bleep? What is going on here? And then you have the audacity to not even deal with it. You'd rather have outsiders outside of the faith to deal with this matter than you, brothers and sisters of the faith, who, when we get called home to glory, we're going to be judging greater matters between angels. So how much more should we be dealing with this stuff? If we're going to be dealing with that in glory, how much more power has God given us to deal with this stuff in the church? This happening in the church. It'd be different if it was an unbeliever. We can't say nothing to the unbeliever because they don't believe in God. How many times have y'all heard me say that? We cannot say, we, 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 what do we expect unbelievers to do? Unbelievers are going to unbelieve. So why are, we why are we putting them in judgment? They don't have a relationship with the Lord. Let God do that work. But we as the believers in Christ, we're fruit inspectors. And if we see evil happening right in our faces, why are we not calling that out? We, we as Christians are some of the most lily-livered people on the planet. We are weak. We're spineless. We don't call out evil. When it's happening in the church, well, you know, I ain't trying to hurt nobody's feelings. I don't want anybody to feel bad. I want them to still come to the church. And, you know, they tie the whole lot. So I don't want to hurt their feelings because then they're going to take their business elsewhere. Well, let them take it somewhere else then. They are in outright rebellion against God, claiming to be a brother or sister in Christ. We can't celebrate that. We can't celebrate that. We cannot celebrate that. And again, this is this we talking to, we talking about believers. Now there is a way to call it out, which Christ when Christ prescribed to us. Go you, Matthew seventeen. If you, if you have an ought against your brother, go to him and him alone. And, and if he listens, you gain your brother. That's step one. And you gotta do you gotta try step one a few times. It ain't just do it once. You do it a few times. Go to your brother, him and him alone. See if you can gain him back to the fold. That don't work. You take two or three with you. Take two or three who are not going to be gossips and be like, man, you ain't never going to believe what happened, blah, blah, blah. No, you take two or three brothers with you and y'all try to handle that situation. Try to handle it a few times. If that don't work, then you take the assembly. Now, then that don't mean take a whole 500 member congregation, but you take a, an assembly of the leadership, take assembly of like your good, you know, the deaconship and all that kind of stuff, and you take it before them and be like, look, we done told you 50,000 times. You cannot be sleeping with your daddy, with your daddy's wife. We done told you that. You can't be doing that. Stop. And if that's the case, then you cast them out. And so again, what Paul is saying in that verse, what he's saying in that scripture is not a it, we, we don't miss the forest for the trees. And that's see, and that's the that's the problem with a lot of us Christians. We miss the forest for the trees. 
We miss the forest for the trees. We take a simple verse, and now, oh, we get to judge angels. Oh, great. That ain't the point of what Paul was trying to say. Get, we, again, stop thinking that we're so lofty and so mighty. Humble ourselves before the might of God. I, 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 I just want to get, I don't want to be a judge of angels. To be honest with you, I don't want that responsibility on my head. You know, and maybe when I get to heaven, I'll feel different. I, I'm just gonna just content just being with Jesus. I, but again, everybody different. If you want that, you want that responsibility. Can you bear? Can you bear the cross that comes with it? You see what I'm saying? And so again, I'm saying all that to say, don't miss the forest for the trees. That verse is not telling us. It's not giving us a, a, a prescription that we're gonna judge angels. Yay! Paul is saying, now nah, if you, if we're gonna be judging. Big matters when we get in when we get in the kingdom of glory, then how much more should we be dealing with matters in our own church? If this is happening on our watch, why are we not doing something? Why are we not stepping up to the plate to handle this? We gotta handle this. We can't let this just continue. We can't let this keep going. This ain't gonna work. This ain't gonna fly. We can't say that we're the people of God, but we're not keeping our own people in check. And for a lot of us, we see it. We see it finally coming to pass now in the um, in the Southern Baptist Convention, where a lot of people stay silent. And now report after report, case after case of all these things that have gone wrong, all these things that have been that have happened to all these different people, men, women, children, you know, it, it's been, it's been awful. And it was awful because they created a culture of silence that Paul clearly says, uh-uh, no, nah, that's not going to fly. That, that doesn't fly. But we allow it to happen because we stay silent. Paul is trying to empower us to remind us, hey, man, if we're going to be with the Lord and we're going to be judging bigger matters than this, how much more should we be handling this stuff? We 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 don't we don't have a heaven or a hell to put anybody in, but we can call out wrong when we see wrong. I'm scared I'm gonna hurt their feelings. Man, F they feelings. We talking about the we talking about Jesus. We talking about Jesus. And you and you he's not okay with this. This is not okay. And we cannot say that we are the believers in God and allow this to continue. We cannot allow this to continue. So again, we the believers in God, we got to call a spade a spade. And we got to say, nah, that's not going to work. So again, that put, for all my believers out there, I'm talking directly to my believers. Put your Bible verses in context and read the context before you make any type of moves or have any type of thoughts on what we are supposed to be doing as believers. Because if you don't put it in its context, then you're going to find yourself trying to live out things that God is not trying to have us, have us to live out. Again, saying all that to say, put your Bible verses in context. Put them in context. 
You're watching the True Gospel Morning Show with your boy Eddie D right here on TikTok Live. We're with you Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, we thank you so much for the likes. We thank you so much for giving us the opportunity to be able to give you this word on today. Um, and we're so grateful that you've given us again this opportunity just to be able to be among you guys today. Um, it sounds like um, Emerald um, is... You know, um, you know, wondering how it is that we're believing, you know, in, you know, the Holy Trinity. Um, it's because Jesus himself, you know, told us, you know, he is the way, the truth and the life. He told us that his, he and his father are one, abiding in him. He abides in them. He said, he said that he was going to send the Holy Spirit to us um, in the Holy Spirit was going to reveal all truth to us all three of them were present in the beginning when they when they created the universe you know when he says in um i think it's in 126 of genesis let us make man in our image they were talking to each other they were talking to each other you know when they go when we go to um john chapter one in the beginning was the word and the word was with god and the word was god you know colossians um Chapter one says that Jesus is the image of the invisible God and all, all, all authority, all rulers, all powers, the whole universe is under the, in the submission of Jesus, um, that he holds all things together. Um, God, you know, in the book of Philippians says that, I, that, you know, when Jesus humbled himself becoming a servant, he did not count being in the form equal with God when he's equal with God, but he did not see, he did not take advantage of that. Instead, he humbled himself, became nothing, became a servant, obedient to the cross. God then exalted him and gave him a name above every name, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow and every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And again, the Holy Spirit has been given to each and every one of us that lives inside of us, that reminds us of the finished work of Jesus Christ and all that he has done for us. And that's what, and that's what God has done for us. God has done that for us. The Holy, the Holy Trinity, the three in one, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, they live in a perfect harmony. And that perfect harmony, we are to reflect the renown of their, of, their, of, their, um, of their glory in the world that we live in. They created us to reflect them. And they were there from the beginning. They'll be there in eternity. And that is what we believe. That is what Jesus said. Those are words that came out of his mouth. You know, this isn't something that we just piece together. The, the, the words, these are his words himself saying those very things. That before Abraham was, I am. You know how big and bold a statement that was? That almost got, that almost got Jesus killed prematurely. Before Abraham was, I am. I am was a reflection of, you know, of going back to, um, going back to Moses in the, in the um, burning bush. When he said, you to, when you go up to them. When you go up to um to, to Pharaoh, you tell him, I am sent you. And the, and, the, and the Israelites knew that. So when Jesus said before Abraham was, I am, man, them jokes were like, how dare you? And Jesus like, yeah, because I am. And so again, saying all that to say, Jesus Christ is the son of God. Jesus Christ is in, is, is, is in the form equal with God. God exalted him to have the name above every name and to have the name of every names at the name of Jesus. Every knee will bow at the name of Jesus. Every tongue will confess that he is Lord. 
The Holy Spirit has been given to us by, by God by, by, upon repentance and belief so that he reminds us every single day of the goodness of Jesus and all that he has done for us. When our souls cry out, that's what we, that's what we do. We are saying to the Lord that you are, you are the uppermost of our affections. You are the uppermost of our attention. You are the one that we most desire. And so that is the reason why we believe in God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. That is why we would believe in the Holy Trinity. Because Jesus himself said in his, word, in his own words, I am the way. No man can come to the Father but by me. And so again, at the end of the day, when we, when we declare that we have a relationship with the Lord, we have a relationship with the Holy Trinity. We have a relationship with the Holy Trinity. And we, the believers in God, we, that is our declaration. I recite um, the Apostles' Creed um, every Sunday morning during our worship hour, uh, which we, are, we have our worship hour here on TikTok Live, um, 9 a.m. Sunday mornings. Um, and every morning we recite the Apostles' Creed. The Apostles' Creed goes like this. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and buried. He um, descended to hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended to heaven and is seated at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From there he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Unified Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. The, 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 we believe in the Holy Trinity. And the Holy Spirit really don't get a whole lot of... Uh, the Holy Spirit, when I tell y'all the Holy Spirit gets the least amount of attention and prefers it that way, like, we don't give the Holy Spirit an iota of credit that he deserves. Holy Spirit be out here, Holy Spirit, and but he made he's made himself of no reputation, saying, "Give it all to Jesus, I'm, Jesus, 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 giving it to Jesus, all Jesus, look at Jesus, point to Jesus." The Holy Spirit don't get iota of of credit. And yet, you know, is empowering us, equipping us, reminding us, um, convicting us, comforting us, you know, sharing with us so much. And that, and that is what we stand on. We stand on that belief. We stand on that. His job. Matter of fact, let me let Jesus speak for himself in telling us what the Holy Spirit's job is supposed to be. Which is why we can never neglect the, the third of the Trinity. John chapter 14, starting at 15. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it, because it neither sees him nor knows him. 
you know him for he dwells for he dwells with you and will be in you um skip down to verse 25 these things i have spoken to you while i'm still with you but the helper the holy spirit whom the father will send in my name he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that i have said to you he then says in one more place what the holy spirit um what this holy spirit is here to do verse 26 of chapter 15 when the helper comes whom i will send to you from the father the spirit of truth who proceeds from the father he will also bear witness about me and you also will bear witness because you have been with me from the beginning verse number um six because i've said these things to you sorrow has filled your heart nevertheless i tell you it is to your advantage that i go away for if i do not go away the helper will not come to you but if i go i will send him to you and when he comes he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment concerning sin because they do not believe in me but concerning righteousness because i go to the father and you will see me no longer concerning judgment because the ruler of this world is judged i still have many things to say to you but you cannot bear them now when the spirit of truth comes he will guide you into all truth for he will not speak on his own authority but whatever he hears he will speak and he will declare to you the things that are to come he will glorify me for he will take what is mine and declare it to you all that the father has is mine therefore i said he will take what is mine and declare it to you if that ain't the father and the son and the holy spirit communion with communing with one another boom 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 father son holy spirit just sitting there just edifying one another sitting there just you know just just you know submitting one to another perfect harmony with one another like that is the god that we worship the Godhead, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, that is who we worship. And we worship them in spirit and truth. And so, to God be the glory that he gives us this opportunity to be able to worship him. Um, because again, you know, God is just good, man. He is so good to each and every one of us. And has been better to us than we can ever be to ourselves. And so we're grateful to God that he gives us this opportunity to be able to worship him. And gives us this opportunity to be able to love him um, and to know him, to know him, because um, again, you know, we don't serve some God who's just kind of out there, and we got to kind of figure things out. Like I said before, God makes it so plain, makes it so plain. It doesn't take rocket science to get to know our God. It just takes a, a heart of humility, and that heart of humility can only come from God, because again, the things that God has in store for us can only be spiritually discerned, and it takes. God transforming the heart of stone into a heart of flesh, transplanting the heart of stone with a heart of flesh, a heart that will love him, a spirit that will love him, a spirit that will chase after him. When it says in the scriptures, delight thyself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. When we desire God more, God is saying, I got you. Full supply. I got you. And so again, thanks be to God that he thinks it not robbery to allow us this opportunity to be able to worship him in spirit and truth and to be able to, you know, give him, you know, 
give him the, the, the honor, the glory, and the praise. You know, he is so freaking worthy. It's unreal. It's unreal. Um, I'll share this story with you guys as we get ready to get out of here today. Um, so I told y'all yesterday, if you, if you were listening, um, that, you know, super excited that I was going to be able to be able to go to, um, um, to my dad's church and be able to, um, you know, sing in their choir. Um, you know, so, so, so freaking awesome. The, um, the, the choir rehearsal that we had on, on, on Tuesday, um, got a call yesterday after the show. Um, and my dad, you know, said that, you know, somebody in the church was frustrated about the fact that, you know, my wife and I were in the choir yesterday and we don't belong to the church and they thought it was, um, um, you know, disrespectful, I guess that they brought outsiders in to sing in their choir without, um, opening up the opportunity for the church to join the choir or praise team or whatever. Um, and as a result, um, you know, they, my dad said that he wants to hold off from us, um, you know, being a part of the choir, um, until, um, a later time. Um, and it hurt, it hurt. I ain't gonna lie, it hurt. It hurt like a mug. Um, it, it hurt. It, It hurt really bad. And, you know, part of me wanted to be petty. Part of me wanted to be petty. And be like, don't even worry about it, you know, but um but God's been doing a work on me and I and I and I share this with you guys for this reason. I share this with you guys for this reason. Um what they did was foul. What they what they what they did was foul. Because all of us are outsiders. All of us have been outsiders who were brought into the kingdom, right? Um and so they're definitely not showing the love of God in that space to not sure this not that whoever that person is that made that fuss and made that mess was not showing the love of God and you know my God bless him you know my dad is a peacekeeper and so he's gonna keep the peace I ain't knocking him you know you do what you do it's your church you do what you you do what you got to do but um what I what I what I came to the conclusion of what God ministered to me on all throughout yesterday and today is that the kingdom of God is not won or lost on whether or not I can do something in somebody's church. Like, it's not worth my salvation to, you know, be upset with anybody who is, you know, so, you know, bent on following denominational rules and practices that they are missing Jesus in the midst of that. And so, again... You know, I'm not knocking, you know, again, you know, my father for doing what he does because he's, you know, he, he the pastor of the church. Like, he's got to, he got to deal with that, how he deals with that. You know what I'm saying? You know, I, I kind of wish that daddy would have stuck up for a brother, you know. I ain't going to, like I said, I ain't going to lie. We family here, right? We can talk, right? You know, I, I, I it hurt. I'm like, you ain't going to stand up for your boy, you know. But, you know, but I understand the position that he's in. So, even though, you know, I kind of wish that he would have bowled up on them, I know what that may have done to you know to the church and everything so i'm so i'm i don't knock him for handling it with grace and patience um and so i looked at so again i look at it you know in a number of ways and one of them being the kingdom of heaven is not one not going to be won or lost on whether or not i get to sing with them because i'm not singing to them i'm singing to the lord 
I'm singing to the Lord. So whether I'm singing in front of the congregation with a whole band where I ain't got to play an instrument, I can just sing. Or whether I'm singing in my living room with my wife and my daughters. We're singing to the Lord. So it's not about being up on that stage. It's about who we're singing to and what we're singing for. And so if my singing is relegated, is going to be relegated to a platform, then I'm doing it for the wrong reasons anyway. And I feel like God is working on me in that regard when it comes to what am I doing things for. So I challenge you all today in that same vein. What are you doing what you're doing for? Are you doing it for the glory of God or are you doing it for the glory of man? Are you doing it for the glory of God or are you doing it for the glory of man? Because if you're doing it for the glory of God, then God sees everything that you do. And if you're singing to him, to God be the glory. If you're, if you're singing to, if you're singing, we're not, where, regardless of where you're singing at, if you're singing to him, to God be the glory. Because what does it matter if I'm singing here or whether I'm singing in my car, whether I'm singing in the shower, whether I'm singing in front of thousands of people, whether I'm singing on TikTok, whether I'm singing, you know, on, on that stage. What does it matter where I'm singing to the glory of God? I'm singing to him. I'm not singing to them. I'm singing to him. And so, so for me, petty me wanted to go ham. But thanks be to God that I said what I said. Like, when it's time, if God decides that it's meant for us to go back there and sing there, I'm going to sing my heart out for the glory of God. I'm not worried about who's there. I'm not worried about the person who may have said, I can't, I don't think that's right. I, I'm not, I don't care about that. All I care about is being able to do what I do for the glory of God. Where I do it, that's on God. So if God decides that it's there, then he's going to work that thing out to where that person is going to move or that person is going to have a changed mind. God going to work on them or they're going to open it up to the church. And then after they open it up to the church and, you know, nobody says they want to join, then they're going to call us be like, okay, now it's clear. We, we paved the way. Whatever it got, whatever's got to happen to make it happen. But I'm like the Hebrew boys, whether it does or it doesn't, I'm not going to bow to an idol. To God be the glory. Because it doesn't matter where I sing. What matters is that I'm doing it for the Lord, not doing it for man. So if it takes me being on a stage for me to sing my heart out, that's a problem. That's a real big problem. And a lot of us as Christians, that's where we fall short, where... We only do things when the lights are brightest. We don't do things for God when the lights are dim. We only do things when the lights are bright. And we have to be ever so mindful and ever so careful as the believers in God that we are not doing things for praise. It feels good to get it. I'm not going to front. It feels good to get it. But that's not why we sing. That's not why we do this. I, this, is, I, this. I don't teach and preach so that I can get accolades and praise from nobody. If I had just one person watching this show, to God be the glory. If nobody was watching the show like it was in the very beginning, 
to God be the glory. Why? Because it's not about me. God impressed on my heart a desire to share his truth with people. And he gave me a platform to do it with. But if nobody says another thing to me, it's okay. So God's got to get in that space. I can't get in God's space. And Lord knows, like I said, I want to be petty. I want to be petty so bad. But I got to let God do his work there. Because at the end of the day, I'm not God. And I don't know what he's trying to up, what he what he's trying to uproot from that church. And I know if I get in his way, it's not going to work. So I got to let God do that work. Am I hurt? Yes. Is my wife hurt? Yes. Is the person who personally invited us to go there hurt? Heck yes, she's hurt. But at the end of the day, we got to get out of God's way. We got to get out of God's way. Because if we don't get out of God's way, then we find ourselves putting ourselves in a position where we end up worshiping man rather than God. I said, God, you know, I'm not going to join the church because that's not what you called me to do. I'm not going to be a member of the church so that way I can see, that, that way I can um be a part of the choir because it ain't that deep. I'm not going to seek out who the person was that said it so I can then give them a piece of my mind. Not going to do that. You know, I'm not going to get mad at my dad because he's the pastor. He got a pastor. That's what pastors do. They got a pastor. So let him pastor, you know. And and to God be the glory, come Sunday morning, right here in my living room, my wife and I and my daughters, you know, if they decide to come out the room, we going to sing and we going to preach and we going to have a good time in the name of the Lord right here in the living room for the glory of God because it's not about us. It is not about us. It's about God. And if God is getting the glory and God is getting the honor and God is getting the praise, then we got to get out of the way. Let's stop stop being prideful. We got to get out of the way and let God do his work. Because I don't know what God's got to do in the person's heart that he touched. He might not do a thing. You know, I don't know what God is up to. But all I know is that if it's God's will for us to go back there, he's going to pave the way. And when he does... We're going to be able to say like Moses in the Israelite nation, to God be the glory. I didn't part this Red Sea. God did it. I didn't save us from the, from the, from the Egyptians. God did that. And that's the same thing if God's will is for us to go back. And so again, it's, it's hurtful. It's hurtful that they feel that, they feel that way. You know, because what, again, what does that say? You know, it, what that's saying is, you know, out, out, so outsiders, you know, can't do anything for the Lord. Unless you are a member of the church. That, again, goes back to that denominational stuff we were talking about before. I, I dare not put my name on a roll knowing that leadership feels that way. Not members, leadership feels that way. So I dare, so I dare not put my name on that roster. But if it's God's will for me to go there and sing... I'll sing my heart out because I'm not doing it for them. I'm doing it for the Lord. And that is the same posture that we should have every single day. Every single day. And so to God be the glory for the things that he has done for us. And we're grateful that he gives us opportunity to be able to worship him in spirit and in truth. So again, guys, listen, it's eight o'clock. Thank you so, so much from the bottom of my heart 
for all that you guys have done today. Um, hope that we did a better job of cleaning up the um, the comments for you guys today. Um, so that way it could be a much more pleasant experience um, with you all on this day. Um, um, Michigan man, I did receive your message. And so I'm going to reach out to you um, when I get an opportunity to talk to you a little bit more. Um, um, so don't feel like I ignored you. Um, I just got to, um, you know, go through my day. Probably this weekend, I'll probably reach out to you and talk to you. Um, but again, I thank y'all so, so much for the 5,000 likes. I thank you for the comments. I thank you for the, uh, the follows. I thank you for the shares. I thank you for, you know, everything that you guys have done as always, man, listen, if you, um, have missed any part of this show, go to Spotify, go to Apple podcasts. We are there and you can catch this episode and all past episodes in their entirety on your favorite podcast channel. Uh, we're called, we're the True Gospel Morning Show, the podcast there on both Spotify and Apple Podcasts. So feel free to go back and replay this as many times as you like. As always, if you can't see the good, be the good. I love you guys. Peace out, homies. <laughs>